Hey guys, before we get into the episode this week, I wanted to let you know that this one could be triggering. It's a very graphic one, and there's talk of sexual abuse, suicide, and domestic violence. If you or someone you know is in need of support, please go to our website, drunkcrimepod.com slash resources, and we have a list of organizations that can help. Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Alex. And we really like talking about true crime. And drinking. So this week, I have a super messed up case for you guys. I'm actually at a loss for words on how to properly introduce it. Imagine Hannibal Lecter, but Australian and also a woman. So buckle up. This is going to be good. So grab a drink, get comfy, and let's listen to Lindsay tell us about murder. Hello, Lindsay. Tell me what you're drinking. Hello, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) I'm drinking a red wine sangria that I made with the 19 Crimes Pinot Noir. I don't know what the Pinot Noir tastes like by itself. I've never had it. I've never had that one. I think I've had the Cab Sav and I think it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's very good in this sangria, which has like, so it's red wine brandy it's grenadine lemonade a little bit of cinnamon and some cloves so it kind of tastes like christmas but like sounds summer. like christmas summer yeah. christmas because the lemonade yeah it's really good it's supposed to have triple sec in it too but i can't no <laughs> mine has triple sec in it did you mix any berries in yeah raspberries Oh, nice. See, when I was going to make the same one, I was going to put blueberries in it because it felt dark to me. I felt like that was suitable, but I didn't. I went the opposite direction. What did you drink? So I used um, white, you know, the uh, vineyard in BC. I think it's called Dirty Laundry. Yeah. Yeah. So I used their summer sweetheart, I think it's called. Mm. The whole bottle and triple sec. And yeah. oranges, mangoes, nectarines, strawberries, raspberries, and mint. Ooh, that sounds so good. It smells awesome. Like, Joel doesn't like alcohol, but I feel like he would like this. This is just juice. It's, I mean, it's, straight liquor and fruit, but yeah. it's juice. <laughs> it's liquor, fruit, juice. Mine tastes like juice. Hmm. The Christmas juice, Christmas summer juice. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Let's get started. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. I'm so excited. This case has a big, gigantic, disturbing content trigger warning on it because it's like, it's fucked. Like, that's the old, like, it's just. So it's, it's worth drinking while we're talking about it because maybe it'll dull this, how disturbed we get. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. So today I'm going to talk about Catherine Knight. She is one of Australia's most notorious and terrifying psychopaths. Most notorious. I'm so excited. I don't, you know, I hear so much about like Australia. No, sorry, not Australian. So much about American crimes and Canadian crimes, but not so much about Australian. Right. Me neither. And this case is so bad. I mean, like it happened, like it goes all the way back to like the 70s. So like, I know why I didn't hear about it because I was not alive. But like, it's so bad that it's like, how do not more, how do more people not know about it? Yeah. I think. And it's a woman. So like people looking for those women crimes always like, how would they miss out on her? I'm so excited. Okay. Tell me about this. It ends in a murder, but before we have to like, we have to go all the way back to like when she was a child. Oh, this is, this is a long, it's long. People should have seen this coming is what you're saying. So Catherine Knight, she's just like the worst human. She's just human garbage. Okay. And what right away. Like she's awful. So first, like, so the crime scene that like ends her in jail was so bad that police officers like to this day are still affected by it. Really? 
like the detective sergeant had like a nervous breakdown. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm so excited, Lindsay. She was born on October 24th, 1955 in 10. Is she a Scorpio? I don't know if that's Scorpio. Is it? Probably it should be. (laughs) Well, I'm November 14th and that's definitely Scorpio. I feel like maybe it's on the cusp if it's not. Maybe. Anyways, okay, October 24th. So she was born in Tenterfield, New South Wales, and she was for sure raised in a super fucked up family. They always are. Yeah. Yeah, just like super fucked. Like her, so her mother was married before Catherine was born, and she had four kids like with that husband. Um, They lived in, yeah. So they lived in this tiny, tiny, tiny town called Aberdeen, which is known for its slaughterhouse industry. Like that's what everybody does there. Everybody works in this slaughterhouse, like or like raises animals that go to this slaughterhouse. That would be such a smelly town. Right. But like also makes me just think of like Cargill. Yes. And Brooks. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Awful. So Catherine's mother started having an affair with a man named Ken Knight, who worked at the slaughterhouse. And was also a friend of her. So her mom's name is Barbara of like Barbara's husband. So like they're friends work together and she just started like messing around. So she's like shady. I hate that top tier human clearly. And so she ends up having four more kids with Ken. Did she stay married the whole time to this other guy? No, she leaves the other guy and then like up with his friend and has four more kids. This this woman has eight children. Eight kids. It's too many kids. So she ends up having twin girls, Catherine and Joy, which I think is a funny name (laughs) because they're both dicks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So when Catherine was four, her stepfather, John, so like who Barbara was married to first, passes away. So all the kids um come to live with Barbara and Ken okay so now there's just like eight kids in this house Ken the new father like Catherine's dad and like four four babies later a fair father is a piece of actual human garbage and he was like an alcoholic and openly abused Barbara like in front of the kids Oh, like, all the time, like so often that she would walk around like bruised. Then the kids were just like, nah, it's fine. Shrug it's just, it off. it's just normal. Oh, big T trauma. Yeah. And so this is super gross and awful, but he would rape Barbara as well. Sometimes in front of the kids, they just like totally desensitized to like violence at like such an early age. And so Catherine says she was like frequently assaulted by her stepbrothers and like other people's accounts like say that this is true she's not like just making up but like it actually happened Um, assaulted and physically assaulted and yeah like all of the assaulted yeah and the parents beat the kids too holy so it's just like a shitstorm no doubt yeah well and i guess if that's what you see all the time right like it just becomes Mm -hmm. nothing nothing normal way of life but it just gets so much worse (laughs) So Catherine, she went to high school, but was just really like going through the motions until she could like go to work in the slaughterhouse. Um, At school, she was a huge bully. Like her and her sister, Joy, would just like beat the shit out of people. They would beat the shit out of each other. They were just, they're dicks. Catherine assaulted people with weapons in school. And one teacher even like injured Catherine in self-defense. Holy, this sounds so chaotic. Yeah. And so Catherine was known around town as having very violent and scary outbursts. But if she wasn't being like a rage monster, everyone was like, oh, she's super sweet. Like, she's really nice. When she's not psychotic, she's a really nice person. I feel like that's coping. Like, you have to believe in some sort of good about a person. Like, I actually hate them, but sometimes they're nice. Yeah. You know? And she's only, like, so she's in high school. Like, still super. Wow. Oh, my God. Everybody's in high school sucks anyways, to begin with. That's, like, baseline awful. 
And then if you're awful on top of that, it's not good. That's not good. This isn't good. I know. So in 1974, after like failing her first audition to work at the slaughterhouse, she gets what she calls her dream job. Uh, so she eventually gets like, she gets to work at the slaughterhouse. She like, didn't get the job at first. And it's then not on a di- it's a, is it like an interview, an audition? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So she doesn't get it at first and then she gets her dream job. And then she gets her dream job and gets to go work in the slaughterhouse. Oh, that was her dream job at the slaughterhouse. At the slaughterhouse. Good sign. Good sign. So she worked in what was called. So at first she worked in what was called the awful room where she was like scraping blood and bone marrow from animal carcasses. Yeah. Ew. Super gross. And I guess when she first started, her coworkers commented that she liked to go to like the front of the production line where they would like, that's where they actually kill the animals. Yeah. And um, they thought like maybe she was just like trying to learn and interested in like the process, but she's really super awful and fucked up. And nope, she just liked to watch the dying because eventually she got promoted to doing like that job. And instead of that's so, a promotion. Yeah. I mean, I guess cleaning up blood and guts. I, most things would be a promotion from that. And I don't know the slaughterhouse hierarchy, but. Right. <laughs> like, and so like, this is all, it's all awful. Like all slaughterhouse stuff is awful, but I like you would like, they kill the animal like quickly. So like they're not. Yeah. Suffering. So, yeah. but not Isn't cat- it like a tool that like just goes right into their skull and like it's it's second it's like a second or less. I think so now but like yeah. at this one they like slip oh I guess throat. it was the 70s oh, okay and so uh she like Catherine got to do the job where you like kill the animals and yeah. instead of killing them super fast she would just like nick an artery and like watch them bleed out that can be good for productivity right but also what the Ugh. fuck? Why? Goosebumps. <laughs> it's so messed up. It's Chills. so gross. <laughs> so eventually she was given the job role of boning where she got her own. <laughs> that makes me okay. think of like American pie where the Eugene Lovey's trying to help with like her vows. And they're talking about like sex and she's like, I just call it boning. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, and language is different in in different parts of the world. So it's so funny, but that's very funny to me. (laughs) Okay. So she got a new job. Another new job. She got a new job. Boning, where she was given her own set of butcher knives. She was so obsessed with her knives and loved them so much that she hung them above her bed. Man, that's like some Wednesday Adams mobile. Like baby like the adams family baby mobile shit and she was like like way too good at using them oh no i feel so uncomfortable yeah me too (laughs) it's so it's so bad and so she's like she's also like a super strong lady like she's over she's like six feet tall and up and like freakishly freakishly strong like she's a beast of this of a woman well she's been beating up people for her whole life and like having to protect herself against her family so i guess that doesn't she's so fucking scary (laughs) like scary before you even know everything that she did in her whole history yeah so this super strong scary super violent lady (laughs) had like quite a few relationships oh yeah good for her with men, women, both? With with men. Okay. Like, yeah. I just, it's, yeah. But, like, maybe know. this is normal. Like, maybe. Okay. So, let's picture it. We're in Slaughterhouseville. And then she's, like, queen of the Slaughterhouse. You're, like, I like your style. You're moving up in the company and in the Slaughterhouse world. I'm going to hitch yeah. my wagon to you. <laughs> <laughs> which like totally makes sense like in the beginning because she's still yeah, only yes, like right? 17 or 18 right now so like okay. she's just kind of like known around town as having like crazy scary outbursts and like being ragey but also like kind of nice 
but also and, like scary. really good at her job and like but being like kind of obsessed with death but like she doesn't have like a reputation yet but also like nice sometimes yeah so we have to talk about all her relationships so you just get like a big view oh i'm so excited this is fun for me i love what this. she's like so her first relationship with was with a man named david kellett what what was his last name kellett kellett yeah okay. like k-e-l-l-e double t she met him at work in 1973 and he was said to be like a super good guy but like like to fight people while he was drunk but like a super good guy okay i feel like that's normal can't really judge yeah. people by that 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 sounds like a lot of men that i know <laughs> and she was just like the boss in this relationship like okay dominated him like he didn't okay. Okay. So they got, he didn't stand a chance. He did not. This poor guy. So they got married in 1974. Oh, they got married. Like, yeah. But like she forced him into it. Okay. Like one day on the lunch, their lunch break, she was just like, we're getting married. Oh. And then they got married. Like okay. they showed up to the wedding and David was just like shit faced. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's, yeah. that's a very good indication. Just, drunk. I'm sure this will last. <laughs> So on their wedding day, her peach of a mother, Barbara, gave David some advice. So he says, the old girl said to me, watch out. You better watch out or she'll fucking kill you. She said this about her own daughter. And like mama knew. Yeah. For forewarning, foreshadowing. You're foreshadowing right now. And like, well, he's shit faced. Like, what's he going to do? Also, man, if you run from this wedding, she might kill you anyways. Lose-lose situation for David. Right? It's garbage. So on their wedding night, David woke up to Catherine strangling him and punching him in the face. And was there any violence before they got married that was documented? Like they would fight and like had violent fights, but it he was just kind of like, like she was the boss and they would like if... David got into a fight, like, while drunk. Like, they would, like, fight alongside each other. Oh, okay. Well, just, like, her and her twin. So, it's, like, the same. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, apparently, he was just, like, cool. Cool, cool, cool. And they just, like, went along with married life. He wasn't, like, hmm, maybe I should not continue this fucked up relationship. I would call that a big old red flag. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe, like, a red banner of flags so things did get like super violent and one time she hit him in the back of the head with a frying pan he ran to the neighbors for help and he ended up in the hospital with like a very very serious skull fracture like a cast iron pan like a heavy bottom (laughs) like knocked him in the head with a frying pan and you don't know like the reason was because he came home late Oh, wow. This is a messed up relationship. Yeah. And he didn't leave her. He didn't leave her. So this guy, this guy also has some stuff going on. Yeah. So in May of 1976, right after she had their daughter, they had a daughter Uh. named Melissa. So right after this, David was finally like, fuck you. Like I'm out. And he moves to Queensland, Australia with another woman. Oh, yeah. well, he just needed somebody else to love him for him to leave her. But as you can imagine, Catherine took this very well. Super, super well. Well, he tried to escape like he straight up moved. So she was seen after this happened. She's seen like walking around town with like her baby, Melissa, in like a carrot, like a stroller. But like a, mm-hmm. they're old, like it's in the 70s yeah, yeah. So it's like a carriage. Yeah. Like violently, like moving it around and like banging it into shit. Oh, and yeah, this poor baby. Yeah, like super fucked. And I guess she also, I think she also threatened to slice up the baby. I think that was also yeah, yeah. And so another Is lovely this thing. normal for this town. I. No, because everyone is super terrified of this woman. And so, but also like 
it's also a very big example of like the system fucking failing. Right. Like she should have. So after the incident with like the stroller and like to her saying she's going to slice up her baby, she's actually put in like um, the mental hospital. Yeah. But like then she's just like released. Like she's just. Oh, good. Ripped. For sure. She and, seems like she should be totally stable. And so then af because like it needs to get worse. So after she's released from the mental hospital, she takes baby Melissa and puts her on the train tracks minutes before a train is due. And while no. this is happening, while her baby's on the train track, she, she somehow like procures an ax and goes into town and just starts flailing it around, just flailing it around. And so someone rescues the baby. So like the baby's Melissa is <sighs> safe and she was arrested for this and taken back to the well, mental hospital. I fucking hope so. But checks herself out the same day. And the, no. her child was given back to her. No, no, I refuse to believe this. Yep. Like baby daddy takes off and is like, you're very violent and you should definitely raise our daughter. Yeah. And, and the police are like, yeah, you can have her back. Yep. It's fucked. I got nothing. And like, I already got nothing and I know that this gets worse. Shit. So after being released and getting your daughter back, she's living with her parents. Um, oh no. It's okay though. She's just living with her parents. So she tells her parents that she needs to go home and pick up some supplies, which mm -hmm. ended up being her giant slaughterhouse blades, scissors, and some bandages. Which is just like normal stuff that you had carrying your backpack. Like your prized items. Yeah. So she takes her daughter and goes to, I think I read it's a, like a coworker, like a teenage coworker from the slaughterhouse, like his house, like where his family lives and knocks on the door and says like, my daughter's sick. We need to go to Queensland. I need to like go to the hospital. And so this woman wants to help her. Um, so this lady like packs all her many children into her car, goes to give Catherine a ride. But when Catherine sees like how many people are in the car, she's like, ah, this is too many of you. I got to get rid of some of you. <laughs> and so she grabs her giant slaughterhouse blade and just starts like going bash it and just fl again, flailing it around and like goes so nuts and like swinging it and actually ends up like cutting one of the girls. How many kids were there? Like how many people were there in the van? I think like five, five kids I or five have, people, five people. I may have also just pulled that number out of my ass, but like there was quite a few. Fair people. enough. Fair enough. And so then oh. she starts like rooting around in her yard, which nobody knew at the time, but like, this is where her gun, she kept her gun. She kept her gun in the yard. And the only reason she couldn't find it was because her dad had like gone and taken it. Okay, so we do have a one singular benefit of her psychotic, awful father. Yeah. So eventually he she hid it from her because he knew that she was dangerous. And that's something coming from a dangerous man himself. Right. Like a super Whoa. abusive man. And she's like, I'm going to slice up my daughter. And he's like, I'm going to go get your gun. I'll leave you with your knives, but I'll take your gun. I mean, one mm -hmm. step at a time, Pops. So she convinces or not convinces. She like fucking takes this family hostage and is like, you have to drive me to Queensland because we're going to find my husband. And her plan oh, she was abandons actually, all like pretenses that she's going all for like baby. ruses that she's going for a baby. Like we're yeah. going to go find my husband and I'm going to kill him and his mother. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just because I, I watched in a documentary that I watched, it was because like that's, She's like, that's how you truly hurt like a man. You kill his mother. Oh, okay. Very Freudian yeah. of her. Super. She's just like a trash goblin. Like I just, I was going to call her a trash panda, but that's too nice. Pandas are cute. Pandas are cute. Um, she does sound like a <laughs> goblin of trash. So this family like convinces her that she needs to stop for gas. And so the family takes this opportunity to like run from the vehicle and barricade themselves in the office of the gas station. Um, but Catherine then goes stage 12 insane and with her bare meaty hands 
rips <laughs> the blade off of like a lawnmower that's attached to the back of a tractor, like what we had on the island. Like, yeah. Like a ride on mower type thing. But like bigger because it's attached to the back of a tractor. A tractor. So okay. She, yeah. So she rips this blade. She freaking she hulks need- it. Yeah, just rips it off because she needed like a bigger blade to cut into the office. I think so. Eventually, she actually like gets this like the office door open and like there's this whole fucking screaming family in there. She's holding her baby. She's got like a tractor blade (laughs) and like the cops actually do like they show up and they disarm her by attacking her with brooms. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah. She has yeah. a tractor blade. Like she couldn't defend herself. I mean, she's got like one baby and one tractor blade, but like I feel like she could be off. <laughs> yeah. I told you this is messed. <laughs> I like I already can't tell you the number of times that I have had chills run down my body. I feel already. so bad like laughing at it but it's also like I'm so uncomfortable and it's so messed up that I just like it doesn't even seem real it doesn't seem real like can you imagine this is some like d level like yeah Hollywood not even off Hollywood movie yeah I just and I'm picturing like this butch like large Mm -hmm. woman with this crazy hair and this baby and this tractor blade yeah and like the 70s glasses oh she had glasses well that makes more sense i could see that so it gets so david's told this story like everything like he's made aware of like what's going on and logically his reaction to this is oh catherine needs my support i'm going to move back to aberdeen and i'm going to be with her what did they put in the water of that town yeah so but she does end up in the psych ward after like this attack, but with no charges. Oh, and she's released August 9th, 1976 into the care of like her mother-in-law and David, who she was going to kill. <laughs> yeah. Where's the baby during this time? Like with her baby daddy? Yeah. So David, the baby daddy. Mm. Yeah. And husband and intended yeah. victim. So they move after this, they move to Brisbane and she gets a job at another slaughterhouse there. Um, because it's her dream and like she loves it and she's so good at it. Yeah. It's her dream job and she's the best. So now it's like March 6, 1980, and David and Catherine have another chill child because oh, this lady clearly no. needs to be bringing more lives into the world. Excuse me while I refill my drink because this is so mm-hmm. problematic. And so this is it a boy or girl? It's a girl, and her name is Natasha. No, Natasha and Melissa. Yeah. And then in the world's biggest turn of events in 1984, Catherine leaves David. Oh, she's over him. Yeah. You did say a number of relationships, so I'm really concerned as to how this is going to progress. Yeah. Gets worse. Sorry. So after (laughs) already unbelievable. So she moves back in with her parents and then she moves into like her own home and returns to work at the slaughterhouse. In after- the original town. At yeah. Aberdeen, you said? Yeah. Okay. It's like super small. I think I read it was like 2000 people. Oh, like so. Super- oh, okay. So, well, then it makes yeah. sense. How do all of these small town folk who everybody knows everybody. That's just crazy. Catherine. She just puts her baby on the train tracks and like loses right? her mind on the carriage. It's fine. And then she meets poor Mr. David Saunders, who is another David. Yeah. David too. I know David squared. So he's, (laughs) so he was a minor and they met in 1986 and like no violence on his part. Like he's just like a nicest guy, the nicest guy. So a couple months after they meet, she gets this poor man to move in with her and her two daughters. And she like, she must like she's got a magical behemoth or something. Man, what is it with women that we talk about on this podcast having like some voodoo powers? Right? Like she's got a black magic vagina. But like she's ha- also like, scary. But she's scary as fuck. So scary. He keeps like his apart own apartment though. Oh. However, oh. 
Catherine is super pissed about this because obviously she just can imagine. So this is also like, this is disturbing. So if you don't, I'm going to say this for the people listening, if you don't like to listen to violence against animals, animals, I would skip ahead. Drunk crime, baby. Skip ahead. Like like 30 seconds. Um, So in May 1987, after an argument, Crazy Pants Catherine goes out into the yard and slits the throat of David's eight-week-old puppy. No! Right in front of him. And eight, like eight yeah he they were like having a fight and he thought she had just like gone outside to like take a breather she also hits him in the head with a frying pan oh this is a trend and like friends and like co-workers said that david would show up like to work in places with like cuts and bruises like all over his face well i guess this is common for her for her whole life and in june of 1988 she has another daughter Oh, so many girls. That's <laughs> like why, but like, oh. why is she having more kids? Like, somebody stop her, stop it, like, stop her for fuck's sakes, like, pull out, <laughs> pull out <laughs> for the love of God, pull out. And like, so I totally recognize that boys and girls take on trauma in different ways through their childhood and like accept different types of things. But like for speaking from the experience of growing up as a girl, Oh no. Right. Oh, okay. Three daughter, three daughter, three with David, two. daughter, three with David, two daughter, three, David, two. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but there's another like very significant argument and she hits him in the face or in the head with an iron and stabs him in the stomach with scissors. And he finally, and he finally leaves. So like post puppy frying pan, it took literally being stabbed for this guy to be like, "Mm, maybe not the Mm -hmm. relationship for me. Nah, going to go in. He had to go into, he goes into hiding. Oh my God. To like get away from her. But several months later, because like she has their fucking kid. He comes back. Yeah. He wants to see his daughter. And yeah. so Catherine had like actually gone to the cops and like told this story of he was violent to me and I'm the abused battered wife. And she gets like a restraining order against him. But this is in the town that she's been in for forever. Like they didn't move. Right. No. So the cops have to be like, so they don't. The cops are like, actually, you terrify me too. So I'll give you what you're after. Yep. <laughs> so, like, they didn't work out. Oh my God. Mm. Lucky David, too. And David, one. So lucky, Davids. So now we move on to the Johns. <laughs> so in 1990, she's with <laughs> no a man. Pun intended. <laughs> She meets a man named John Chillingworth. He's a former slaughterhouse coworker, and within weeks of them meeting, she's knocked up. Oh no! And she gives birth to a son this time in 1991. Oh, solid year, but like, really, that's not good. And so, but however, in this relationship, Catherine refuses to let John move in with her because oh. her her mother, dear old Barbara had just passed away and left her the house. And so Catherine decorated this house in the most fucked up way possible. It was like floor to ceiling, like ceiling covered in animal skins, rusty hunting stuff, bones, old boots, farm equipment, rakes, knives, like terrifying horror dungeon stuff like floor to ceiling seat like shit hanging from the ceiling so i'm like i'm like sweating i'm like clammy i'm so uncomfortable i know like it's so bad i, I don't even to- think that i can act accurately picture have did you find pictures of this house? i did and i will post them yeah because i don't feel like i can even picture this to the point where it's close and it's already making me very uncomfortable and so 
the relationship with John Chillingworth lasted like three years until like 1993. And it ended when she smashed his dentures into pieces. (laughs) Smashed them. Like, could you imagine? I mean, like she had met him before, like you go on a date with somebody and you like walk into the door. Like you met them on Tinder, you walk into the door. I mean, also like if you're on Tinder, don't go to somebody's house like early on in the relationship because they might have it floor to ceiling decorated and creepy murder farm shit. But like you walk into like the front and it's just like, I don't even know how I'd handle it. I'm like, I'm such a, like, I try not to rock the boat too much too, but I don't know if in that situation I would be like, "Mm, my personal security is probably more important than not rocking the boat. I'm definitely going to leave. I would just leave. I feel like I would just like turn around and leave. You totally would. You would be like, <laughs> like absolutely uh, not. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. I'd put my keys between like, even like in between my knuckles and I'd run. Yeah. Away. You, uh, you taught me that trick. Moral of this like little sidetrack to our listeners is never meet somebody at their house. Like be safe. Make sure you FaceTime them and ask them to show you their house before you meet them. (laughs) Always send your location to your friends. Safety first. Safety first, listeners. Safety motherfucking first. (laughs) So after this incident, Catherine goes to a club and she meets John Price. Oh my God. What is her deal? You said the Johns, and I was wondering if it was actually two Johns, but no, two Davids, two Johns. So Mr. John was the father of three children, one daughter and another two children, daughter and a son that lived with him. Um, so from like two different ladies, pre-Catherine. Just one lady. So he was with like his wife for a long time. They were se- Then they were separated. It was super like amicable, but one daughter oh. lived with the ex-wife. And then oh. the other two kids lived with him. Okay. Um, they weren't children though. Like the oldest one was like an adult. And then the youngest oh, okay. two were teenagers, but okay. he's just like, again, like a super good man, like super kind. Like, I don't know how the fuck she keeps ending up with these ladies with, with these guys that are like super good. Maybe it's cause they're too nice and they want to be dominated. And they're like, mm, this bitch has some voodoo. And I like to be told what to do. And like, but like he fully, like he was aware of her reputation. Like he knew, like he knew what he was getting into. Like he when had to have together. been because they're all in the same town. Like they all have to know yeah. each other. All of these men are like, mm, this bitch is crazy, but I guess I'll do it. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I fucking tie you to my banister before I'd let you like go on a date with somebody yeah. who was like possibly <laughs> might like hit you in the head with a fucking frying pan. Or, like, stab me or my dog. Yeah. Like, or kill your dog if you, like, made them mad. Or smash your teeth. Like, <laughs> so, like, John's kids were super weirded out by her. Well, I hope so. Like, not surprising. Like, her house is covered in weird shit. Um, and they probably had heard of her, too, if they grew yeah. up and were, like, adults. Because did his ex-wife live in the same city? I didn't read that part, but I think like every, I think so. Yeah. I think so because from what I read, like he, he lived in the same house that he lived in, like with his ex-wife still, like she, he oh, okay. house. Well, um, and if they're amicable and like the kids are teenagers and whatever, like you would imagine. Yeah. And like he, him and his ex-wife never actually got like officially divorced. They were just like separated. And so this okay. made Catherine fucking nuts like super pissed she and he like refused to marry her like was just like no like I'm not doing it I don't want to like to the point of where she fucking stole some of his money and bought herself a ring and he was just like fuck you not doing it in the beginning it's like how do these guys like ignore the red flags though like so in the beginning like Apparently they had violent fights, but like, she was also trying to like be on her best behavior. Yeah. But also like violent fights, like no. Yeah. I feel like violent fights never really get unviolent. So they fought over like his refusal to officially divorce his wife a ton. Um, Fair enough. 
Oh, and he had put everything and his house in his kids' names. And so she was just like a rage monkey. About yeah, but that makes it. sense that somebody would yeah. do that. Like yeah. Joel did that. He has that right. as he should. But in retaliation, she fucking gets him fired from his job of like 17 years and he loses his freaking pension. However, she starts seeing him again like a few months later. Man, this woman. She's got black magic vagina. Black like magic she ha- vagina is like, the truth. Like she fucking has to. He also, but he didn't let her move into his house. Um, so he just smashed at the murder farmhouse. At the fucking murder farm. That was also like, Ugh. I wonder, I should have done more research on it. Of If like, because it was her mother's home, right? So was it like the house that they grew up in where it was like the violent abuse creepy shit happened right i just feel like that house like decorated and all that stuff if like the abuse happened like just such bad vibes well and so if that was like the way that they had the house set up when she was growing up then maybe it makes sense that she would hang her knives above her bed like a mobile it's so messed up so okay so John Price and Catherine are back John together. Two. Yeah, John too. Okay, John too. Um, so they had always had like violent fights. Like it was just like that's how it yeah. was. But she was also, but she was being like a trickster in the beginning and like being on her best behavior. And Catherine before like he she went nuts and he kicked her out. But now, what do you mean? I thought they didn't live together. They don't they live now. together the first time. The first time, and now they don't. And then live they together. broke up, and he was like we're definitely not living together and I'm still not marrying you. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so, but now like the fighting's happening more often and now it's worse. Um, like back to frying pan crazy. That's like where we're back to. Um, like we're done with faking it. Yeah. Like after one really bad fight, he actually like gets out of the house, runs to the neighbors and is like, she's gone for the butcher knife. Like I had to get out of and you know she knows how to use it. Right? Because she fucking hangs them above her bed. <laughs> so, and actually, so actually before the murder, this psycho actually said to her brother, I'm going to kill Pricey, which is John's nickname, and I'm going to get away with it because I'm going to make out that I'm mad. And so, like, John Price, so John too, is, like, scared. So now we're at, like, the main event. <laughs> we have been and building up for quite some time. I'm going to give like another disturbing content warning. Like if you couldn't sit through silence of the lambs, like stop listening. Oh my. Oh yeah. my. So the day before the murder, Catherine is acting super, super weird. Like according to her children. Honestly, like let's just pause for a second. What do you feel like? is weird at this point with this woman and like what i'm gonna say crazy murder farmhouse plus regular abuse what constitutes weird and i I mean this part is weird but i also find it super interesting that this is what they say is weird and the other stuff they're just like "Eh." and like still defend her. Like, it's just, it's very strange to me. So first she goes to her sister, Joy's house to get a video camera that she had left there. Okay. Okay. Joy's around. She goes over, visits Joy, knock, knock. Hello. Can I borrow your video camera? Yes, here you are. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay. And then she goes to her daughter, Natasha's house, and she's taking like videos of herself playing with like Natasha's baby. And in this, I don't like that. I don't like in this weird ass fucking video she says stuff like i love all my children and i hope to see them again and like a bunch of stuff that could be like interpreted as like a last will and testament kind of like kind of borderline suicidal kind of kind of thing like her kids kind of were like were very concerned that she was like gonna take her own life and then she also leaves her because she's got two like younger children she leaves them with natasha for the night. So her her two babies that she so her baby that she had with John one was like eighty eight and ninety one, I think. Maybe so she had two babies with John one. 
she had one, but then she had another one with, with David. Yeah. So she had two with David one, one with David two and one with John one. Yes. Yeah. So David two and John one, she left with Natasha. With Natasha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) now while Catherine's being creepy as fuck and going and creeping out her family. Ew. Yes. John Price actually goes to the court to try to get like a restraining order against Catherine. Oh, so this is a very weird day. Yeah, like a very strange day. And like I'm gonna eat my sangria. <laughs> I apologize. I'm gonna eat far away from the microphone so you can't hear me chewing. <laughs> and he actually also tells his coworker, like his new co-workers, because he's gotten a new job because bitch got him fired. After she got him fired, right? Yeah. That if he doesn't come into work t- tomorrow, it's because Catherine killed him. And so his co-workers and friends are like, dude, like don't go home. But he's scared because He's like, well, my kids are at my house. Like, I'm scared she's going to kill my kids. Like, if I don't go home, like, I'm scared she's going to do something to my kids. So he goes home. Um, Shit. I can imagine that. What What would you, like, in that situation? You got to like, go, you you get your kids. Like, do, you, do you call somebody and, like, send them over into that? Like, no. There must like, be what some do you belief do of, like, I'm call the- terrified of this person and they might hurt me, but I also struggle to think that that's something that could actually happen to me by them. Yeah. yeah. You know, like that, like, cause there's always that arm's length. Like the, we read about this and we, you and I, like we talk about this. And but it's like, you never it think it's going to happen to you. Yeah. Nobody right? does. Like, I mean, John like, did. But like, do you call the police and send them over to get your kids or like, but then it feels like an escalate. It feels like a huge escalation to call the police. Right. But I mean, he had recently run over to the neighbors. I don't know. I, I struggle with this because I can imagine a world where you're like, no, she like as, as, as much as she snaps like a biscuit, like, I don't believe that she would actually do anything more than bust my dentures. Right. Because she's never crying pan. like in all of this time and like what, like her fucked up childhood and like her weird obsession with murder and not like, she's never actually killed anybody. She's done right. all this crazy shit, but she's and like never really violent stuff and but never very, very violent murdered. stuff, but she's never actually like murdered. So then you would, in theory, you could think if you were him, I'll go back to protect my kids. Mm-hmm. At worst, I may take a beating. I may yeah. get hit with a frying pan, stabbed and have my dog die, but yeah. my kids will be okay. And I can get out. Yeah. And there were no cell phones at this time. So it's not like he can call his kids and say, Hey, hop on the city bus. Don't go. I feel like it's but they weren't living because- together. Were they? No. But they just like would go over to each other's homes, right? Like not they like they probably had keys. Yeah. No, oh, he went home. John too. Jesus Christ, the cat just scared me. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> We're both on um, edge, like just <laughs> on edge. Like at the same time, John gets home from work and nobody's at the house. So Catherine's not there because she's and the kids weren't home because Catherine like sends them to a friend's house. Because she needs to be alone. Okay. Oh, I know. So John spends the night with neighbors. He gets home. He goes. Oh. To bed. He goes to bed at like eleven ish, and Crazy Pants okay. still isn't home. I didn't like. There was nothing about like what else she did. Like she just wasn't home. Maybe she was at her murder dungeon. I like preparing. Okay, prepare. Getting ready. Picking her devices off the wall because I feel like I know where this is going. Yeah. So she goes to his house. She sits and like watches TV. She showers. Then she gets into bed and they have sex. And then John goes back to sleep. Makes sense. So once John is asleep, um, Catherine takes out her bestest friends, the butcher knives, and proceeds to stab him 37 times. Oh, that takes work. Um, so I'm not saying this from experience, but like I've heard a lot of podcasts and watched a lot of things and 37 times takes work. So it wasn't like 37 times like in bed because the blood evidence from the crime crime scene shows that he like woke up 
during this and attempts to get away from her. And she chases him through the house and he actually like manages to get to the front door and to get outside. Oh, but she drags him back into the house. And they like, they knew that he was able, like, he got outside because there was like blood on the door and blood on the porch and, but like blood everywhere. And so after she stabs him a million times, she, (laughs) um, she showers steals his debit card and drives to a nearby like debit machine and steals a thousand dollars. Okay. So now at this point it's like several hours later and she comes back to the house that she killed him in. Yeah. So his house. So this is super like disturbing, also disturbing content warning. Super gross. So when she gets back to the house, how the house, the house, Catherine skins John's whole body like a motherfucking suit, like in one whole piece. Um, It was so like skilled and meticulous that they were able, the medical examiner was able to put his skin back on his body. Oh, um, so this bitch oh. isn't done. Um, she hangs the skin suit from a meat hook by the front door. And that's what the police will walk into. <laughs> She's still not done. Now, because that wasn't enough, she cuts off John's head and puts it into a stew pot on the stove with vegetables. Oh, with vegetables. Yes. There's still more. She cuts off pieces of like his butt muscle and cooks them and serves them with like vegetables and she sets them up like on plates and puts them on the table with like cards that say his kids names so like the even though like her plan was to feed him to his children is there more or can i comment on this you can comment but there's also more (laughs) so like so she was gonna call only his children not hers yeah I feel ill. Okay. Yeah. So she was going to call his children, his three children, right? He has three. Yeah. It was just set up for like two, but it was so like, like the, the ones two that, that live had... at home. Yeah. So the ones that have been With... sent to like the friend's house. So she was just like, they were going to come home and be like, ah, even though like it's totally unhinged because the kids would have come home and be like, there's a skin suit hanging from and the front blood door. Everywhere. That's what I and was going to say. Blood everywhere. Like, She's like, okay, the kids will like totally walk past this skin suit and feel like yeah. that's fine and they won't notice their dad and we'll sit together and have this meal and they won't wonder where he is. And then For I'll be like, breakfast. do you like your dad? Mm-hmm. Oh, I really, I honestly didn't know where this was going and I couldn't have imagined this, which I think is very positive for like the people in my life because that's just... So she also writes like a note detail, like trying to blame um, John for everything, like saying that he raped her daughter and like, this was the retaliation, but like, it's not true. Like it's not true at all. And she likes, yeah, like it's not, it's been proven that it's not true. And like John's like body was found in the living room in like a chair legs crossed with like his arm draped over like a pop bottle (laughs) but like he has no head and he has no skin so how long how long later so at like 6 a.m the neighbor is like super concerned that because everyone's like concerned because he had run over being like she's gonna fucking kill me his co-workers are concerned like and his car still in the driveway at 6 a.m so his boss actually sends like an employee over to be like, can you go fucking see what's going on? Cause he's not at work. And so the neighbor and the coworker are like knocking on windows and like they see the blood at the front door and then they call the police. So the police get the, to the house at like 8 AM. They had to break down the back door and they just like walk into like this horrific scene. And so I guess police officers either like quit or like, no, like I'm fucking no. 
I'm done. Or like they still like to this day are like very, very not fine. Traumatized. This is super weird, by the way, that she takes this like extra trip to go to the bank or to the whatever. It, it was a gas station? To go like just to an ATM, but it also oh, an like it fucks her because it proves that she's not nuts because she had the she had the knowledge to take his debit card and go get money it proves because in a break she would be like gone and the whole time gone versus driving taking out money Mm -hmm. coming back yeah that's so weird that's such a weird maybe she must have not and like biologically okay sorry i'm all over the map so she must have not been thinking in that moment like I wonder what she was thinking that would have caused her to think it was a good idea to leave and go take money but also then to come back because I've heard some podcasts like a few psychological podcasts that I listen to um like forensic psychology that say that if it's a rage killing yeah it doesn't matter if the person's dead you kind of like keep going till you're your rage is gone and so that's how some of these brutal acts happen but that's not rage if you leave no and it's it's not rage because remember she told her brother like i'm gonna kill pricey and i'm gonna make it look like i'm nuts i'm gonna get away with it because i'm gonna make it look like i was insane true good point right so like it was super calculated so police like when they get to the scene, they find Catherine unfucking conscious in bed from taking sleeping pills. But like she took enough, enough to like make it look like a suicide, but not enough to fucking kill her. So like it was again calculated. Right. On March 2nd, she was charged with murdering John Price. So originally she wanted to plead guilty to manslaughter. And the judge was like, go fuck yourself. To manslaughter? Yeah. What well, does she it mean the same to, thing in Australia as it does here? Yeah. Okay. So she, but like the note, so she tried to set it up like he had done all this awful shit to like okay. her daughter. Jurors were like dropping out left and right. Like at first, the judge sort of gave them like, this case is disturbing. If like you have a blanket, like if you want to leave, like you can. And then like as the details came out, jurors were just like dropping left and right. And it had to like, the jury had to be redone at one point because too many people were like i can't do this really and like, then, there's not enough backup i don't remember what they're called like backup jurors yeah alternate like they had to redo it but then wow. actually eventually she actually ends up pleading guilty and i'm not sure like what the change was between like the not guilty and like what made her change her mind yeah because originally her lawyers were trying to be like she had like amnesia and dissociated that was like their game plan for her but like (laughs) no because she fucking took his debit card and went and took money out and also okay you can like i feel like you can walk down that road so far but can you walk down it to skinning his body can you walk Mm -hmm. down it to sitting him up as if he's like hanging out with a pop bottle headless can you walk down that road to making a full fucking meal including like place cards of his like like really okay you can dissociate and like okay i'll i'll give you and really not even realistically but we'll say i'll give you 37 stabs in dissociation because you lose your shit because you think he's raped your daughter if we're gonna pretend like your story's real but yeah. the rest of it, skin suit, the rest of it, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Like, no. Even way. the Greyhound no murderer, way. like that guy, yeah, absolutely had some issues. And like, every, it, what he did was horrific. Yeah. And it still isn't as horrific as this. I know. And he had a diagnosed, like he was schizophrenic, paranoid schizophrenic, I think. So to, to this, this is not yeah. that. 
And so the judge ordered like a psyche valve to make sure she understood like what the, but just to make sure like she understood what the guilty plea meant and she could like, okay, she could that make makes it. sense. Yeah. And so the forensic psych- psychiatrist, Robert Delafour, he, um, diagnosed her. So she was also diagnosed by two psychologists with BPD. So borderline personality disorder, which does make sense with all her like ups and downs, all of her outbursts and her ups and downs were like, but also he said like, to be clear, BPD has nothing to do with no the murder. Like no, what she did that night. He, this is so, this is a quote was Quote, what she did that night was a part of her personality, her nature, herself, not a feature of BPD, not even slightly connected. So two psychologists like diagnosed her with BPD. And then the forensic psychologist was like, to be clear, this has nothing to do with why she murdered these people. And throughout the trial, like she refused to take responsibility. So she pled guilty, but she also like refused to take responsibility. How? How did she do that? in court when they were talking about like skinning and like what she did she went fucking nuts and had to be removed from court and sedated um really like why what was she was she nuts like like in what way like angry or sad or like shaking and like chattering her teeth together and screaming like no 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 and like had to be removed and it's like bitch you did this like you did this can you imagine being a cop having to go in and walk through that scene and then having her react that way, knowing that she did it thinking like, I am traumatized because of something that you did and you get to act as if you're it's traumatizing traumatized to you now. You did. That doesn't, that doesn't work for me. Mm, yeah. No, no, thank you. So her lack of remorse caused the judge to sentence her to the most severe sentence that he could, which is life without the possibility of ever being released. Like he didn't set a parole period on her papers. He wrote like never to be released. She's, and this is like the first woman in Australian history for this to ever happen to. Um, She did appeal the life sentence in 2006 claiming it was way too severe but like also so is making like soup out of someone's decapitated head <laughs> fine i mean to put it simply yeah but it was like in the in september of the same year like it was it was re- it was denied well yeah. good so john's brother after the sentencing he ended up committing suicide and like oh. his kids his kids still like suffer to this day yeah with, freaking bet like what happened so Catherine is still at silverwater women's correctional she's a category four inmate and will never like not be but she's also seen as like I guess from what I've read, like the grandma of the penitentiary, like she'll, if girls are like fighting, she'll bring them in and like try to resolve the conflict. And like, I guess her cell is like, people get like hoarder vibes from it. And it's full of like knitting and like weird shit. And I'm like, how the fuck can she knit? (laughs) How does somebody let her have knitting needles? Yeah. So she's still there and it's just never going to get out yeah this this is crazy like so i can't believe i've never heard of this no like from the start of this story so like you've Mm -hmm. heard i've heard some different some different stories about some really fucked up families and really awful upbringings and to be fair some pretty incredible people who have come out of those right and also some really despicable people who have. So the, the upbringing, like it's, it's horrifying and terrible to consider kids that were raised in that type of environment. I don't even know what to say about this one. Like there's been so many times while you've been telling me this and like for the listeners out there, Lindsay has been texting me about this 
<laughs> like talking about dreaming about it and watching nightmares. Yeah. yeah. Like that's crazy. So, and we, it's not as if we're not experienced in the true crime world. Like I often yeah. will listen to people say that and I'm like, okay, you're full of shit. Like you're fucking yeah. fine. But this one, you're like, it's not okay. It's, it's not okay. so bananas. It's just bananas. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that she's not like a household name, it's a horror movie. Like Chase, Chase watched the documentary with me and he was like, this is a horror movie. There's a, there's like a, in the documentary, there's like a, a like video footage of her and she's like got her head sideways and like sticking her tongue out and Chase is forever scarred. What is it on, on Netflix? Uh, I watched it. It's like, um, on YouTube, it's like an Australian like TV show. I think it's like Behind the Darkness or something like that. I'll link it in like the show notes. Oh, I'm gonna watch but, it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Ah, I'm so glad you brought this one. So good. And like my happy sangria is delicious mm-hmm. and not making me feel better. <laughs> Even the delicious sangria couldn't make us feel better after that one. Thanks for sticking with us, you guys. And I hope that you can look at all your frying pans the same. But also... Don't forget to send us any drink recipes or crimes you'd like us to cover. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Drunk Crime Pod, our website, drunkcrimepod.com, or you can email us at drunkcrimepod at gmail.com. Also, check out our Patreon where you can get some sweet extras for signing up. That's at patreon.com slash drunk crime pod. Catch us back here next Friday on another episode of Drunk Crime. Cheers! Thank mm-hmm. you.